while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500. Ian Aber won't be joining us. Miscommunication. I guess he thought I said another day that wasn't tonight. And he's uh, at a thing. So it's just you and me, guys. It's just you and me tonight. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. So um, let's talk about the MBTA district, actually. So, you know, for the last three decades, we've been working on or our delegation and our local elected officials have been working on getting rail service back to um, back to this region, so you can so we can connect to Boston because the nearest T, as you know, is in Middleborough. I've actually I've only done that commute for like a week, uh, or no, I did it for two weeks when I was training to be. I was training with the um, Committee for Public Council Services (CPC). Uh, yeah, CPCS. I was training with CPCS for the, uh, to be, cause if you want to be a court appointed, if you want to get court appointed cases, when you're a, when you're a defense attorney, if you want to get court appointed cases, you got to do a two week training with them up at, at Boston, um, at the mass continuing legal education building. So you got to go up there for two weeks and be there all day, uh, to get, to get a training with them, uh, to get certified and do the work. And so I did it for two weeks. I, I didn't want to drive in because uh, I figured, you know, there'd be work I'd have to probably do on the train and all of that. So I drove to Middleborough every morning and drove home from Middleborough every night. And God, did that suck. I hated it. I really did. I didn't, I didn't like it at all because it, it, Middleborough's, you know, it's, it's about a half hour, 35 minutes, 45 minutes away. So, depending on the traffic and all that. But Middleborough is probably about a half hour away. I'd say about a half hour away. It could be 35 minutes, you know, whatever. It's far away. But if I were, let's say, in the train were to be, you know, over in the Hicks-Logan-Sawyer area in Ward 3 in New Bedford, take me about 15 minutes. Not, I mean, not 15 minutes. Take me about 5 to 10 minutes, Right. I love North Fairhaven, so take about five to ten minutes. So getting real service to Boston, I think, will not only introduce uh better introduce our um our residents to Boston, 
but it'll also introduce Boston residents to this region and will, I think, bring growth and development around the rail. You look, look, I mean, look at what's happening in Middleborough, Lakeville, all those developments that have popped up and there's that big gas station across the street. There's all those nice housing units. It brings, it brings more taxpayers down here, right? And it allows for more opportunities for people down here to get jobs up there as well. You know, if they want to live here, they can take the train up to Boston. And so there's basically two routes, right, that were being proposed. And we're in phase one. There's basically two routes. Phase one is is the route that we're taking now, which is more or less a continuation of the Middleborough route. And it's about... 90 or so minutes, right? It'll be about a 90 minute, uh, it'll be at about a 90 minute train ride from, from New Bedford to, uh, from New Bedford to, um, to Boston. And I think that's a lot better than driving, Right. Uh, the second route is the Stoughton route. The Stoughton route is um, a 77-minute drive, but there's all kinds of environmental concerns and all of that. There's, I think they're still working on getting the Stoughton route going. Um, but there's all kinds of environmental concerns. It goes through the Hockamock swamp, swamp and all of that. But if we were to get the train down here... I still think it brings a tremendous amount of opportunity. And people say, oh, you know, I know Mayor Mitchell has said this a lot. And I know there's some other people that detractors that say, oh, well, a train that is 90 minutes isn't going to bring any opportunity or isn't going to get riders. There's not going to be people that ride up there, right? Uh, driving up to Boston sucks. Nobody likes to do it. You've got a budget. You know, I remember when I talked to you um, I talked to Rep uh, Strauss about this. He's chairman of the Transportation Committee. I had him on my old show uh, a few months ago, and he, he basically said, you know, if you're driving up there, you've got to budget at least two hours into your commute, right? You've got to budget at least two hours into your commute up there. You're going to get stuck in traffic, and you're going to be driving. You've got to be focused on the road. And all of the aggravations that come with being on the road, instead of being on a train you'll be able to take a nap you'll be able to do work you won't have to worry about concentrating on the road it's a much better opportunity than the one that's presented now taking route 24 route 24 is terrible i used to commute to bridgewater uh i used to commute to bridgewater state when i went there so i used to have to take route 24 and actually it was george mcneil's class that uh, you know, the candidate for Bristol County Sheriff, it was his class that I was always late for. I was always late for, I was always late for that class because I'd have to take Route 24 and his class was at 8 in the morning. So I'd have to get up, I'd have to leave at 7, 7.15 to try to get there or I'd have to wake up earlier. And so after that, I was always late to his class. So after that, what I said was, I'm not taking 8 a.m. classes anymore at Bridgewater because I can't make it there in time. I could wake up earlier, but not going to do that, right? 
I'm not going to wake up at 5 a.m. to go to an 8 a.m. class or whatever, how long it would have took me, or 6 a.m. even. You know, wake up at 5 a.m., leave at 6, 6.30 to get to a to get to a to get to an 8 a.m. class. Not going to do it. So I didn't take 8 a.m. classes because Route 24 was terrible. And the reason I'm saying all this is because there's a vote now in the MBTA district on the ballot that's coming in September. I mean, uh, November, right? It was just approved. Fall River approved their uh, Fall River approved theirs to get on the ballot this November as well to make it an MBTA district. And that's going to affect not just here in New Bedford. It's not going to just affect New Bedford. It's going to affect Fairhaven. It's going to affect Freetown. It's going to affect Dartmouth. It's going to affect Akushnet. All the communities around it are going to be impacted by the MBTA district vote. And I think overall, I think the vote's going to pass. I'm pretty confident. I'm not that actually. I'm not pretty confident. I think the vote's going to pass, but there are some concerns that I have when I when I hear people call in, when I hear people talk about it. Oh well, what's it going to do for me? I'm older. Like, well, why don't you leave a better world for your the people that are going to come after you? I don't know. Like, what do you, why do anything at all? Right? Um, or some other stuff. You know, like, oh, it's going to cost this. It's going to cost that. Well, it's already cost a lot of money. And it's like, it's fourth and one. You're on the one yard line. And I hear some people saying, let's take a knee, right? And so let's take a knee. And I just don't see that as a realistic option. I think South Coast Rail is going to be good for the region. I think it's something a lot of people have put a lot of money into and a lot of, uh, I mean, We've put a lot of money into basically as taxpayers and a lot of other people have put a lot of money into. And I think that if this vote doesn't pass, then if this vote doesn't pass, then there's probably going to be lawsuits, right, from other towns or municipalities that are involved. Like if Fall River didn't, if like New Bedford passed it and Fall River didn't, it's got to go through New Bedford before it goes through Fall River. So I think that Fall River would sue New Bedford. Or one of these communities would sue New Bedford to try to force this to happen. Because it's like we've gotten this far now. And all of a sudden we're going to say, actually, no, never mind. It might cost too much or... I don't like it, right? I think it's going to bring a lot to the area. I think it's going to bring a lot of development to the area. I think you look at what's happening in Middleborough. There is a lot of development going on there. Uh, the Middleborough Lakeville Station. I think with the I think with the assets that we have here in the South Coast too. I think people who may be work in Boston wouldn't mind the commute, wouldn't mind the train ride. And again, it's going to provide the opportunities that are available in Boston, where there's a lot of opportunity in Boston. You know, Boston's a hub for life sciences, right? And, um, you know, marine tech. And there's marine tech down here. I think it's, again, I... 
I think it's probably going to pass. But I'm looking forward to hearing Tim's interview with Mayor Mitchell tomorrow because I don't know what his confidence level is. I want to see his confidence level on this, what he thinks about it, because I know he's been skeptical of the train. He's been skeptical of the train and the opportunity that it brings. But if you get phase one, you can try to move towards phase two. You know, a lot of this stuff has to come slowly. You know, everybody wants phase two. Everybody wants the Stoughton route. But that is down the road. And I think if we, you know, if we vote against this, we're not going to get phase two. Even if we have to, even if we're compelled to do phase one, I think people on Beacon Hill, right, and across the state are going to look at us like, oh, they don't even want this. So why are we even going to bother with this area? I don't think it's good. I think we're finally here. We have finally had this opportunity, and now I'm hearing, oh, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not so sure this is a good idea, right? I'm not so sure that we should do this. I'm not so sure that the MBTA should come here. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure that South Coast Rail is a good idea. I think we should... I don't know. I think should be... a lot more optimistic about the opportunity, right? And not say, oh, no, let's not do it. After all this money, after all this, after all the, really the political sacrifice, um, a little political capital that was wasted, that would be wasted if this doesn't come, I think it's a bad idea. And I know there's concerns this isn't going to be because there's a choke point on this route, right? There's a choke point on this route, so there isn't going to be uh, as much train service as there would be with the Stoughton route. Right, so it's one of the biggest choke points actually in the um, uh, in the in the rail service. So there's going to be there isn't going to be much, and it's going to be a longer commute. It's still better than driving up there. Driving up there sucks. <laughs> it's really bad, and I think it's going to bring a lot more opportunity and development. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? Good. Um, Hey, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit of a skeptic on uh, the rail. Um, I, I certainly agree with you. There are some positives with it, no doubt. Um, but I just have to question why all of a sudden this is a huge rush to ram this through. Because let's be honest, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to try and rush it through. Um, there's not been a lot of um, in-depth talk about what happens when we are okay, of the MBTA. Are we on the hook? for an underfunded uh, pension plan that right. goes back years and years. Nobody's answered that. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars. So um, that's just one part of it. So I think there's a lot of answers that need to be given um, and be stepping up and giving them. So that tells me that um, I think it should be delayed. We've Listen, we've waited this long. If we wait another year to do it, it's not going to end anything. But I think at least the taxpayers of New Bedford have a right to know exactly what you're paying for. And guess what? It'll be the taxpayers of New Bedford. It won't be Dartmouth or Fairhaven. They're not joining. New Bedford's joining. So guess what? If you have to chip in for well, more pension he, money, you're going to have to pay. Here's the thing. We're not even – are we even sure about that, that it's just New Bedford? We, we don't know. Like, I, I right. agree with you. There isn't There isn't, There isn't. isn't a, a heck – there isn't a heck of a, of a lot of – of um of clarity on that for sure no i agree 
Yeah, there isn't. And, um, you know, it, it, hopefully I'm wrong and it'll be an absolutely stellar thing for the city. <laughs> yeah. It'll reverse our fortunes. Who knows? But uh, I just think that the taxpayers are at least owed some answers and, and they're not getting it. But that's my two cents. I'm- Thank you very much. Oh, sorry. Breaking up a bit, but I appreciate the call. Yeah, no, I get that. There is there is a lot of issues in the MBTA for sure, and you know I know that there's um, some ideas being floated around about the MBTA just being run by MassDOT. Uh, you know, there's the Orange Line thing where they shut down the Orange Line for 30 days because they want to do what would be basically five years of uh, off-peak prepare uh, repairs in 30 days to make it up the snuff, um, and I know there's been some issues with the MBTA, uh, but I think. They'll probably work and correct those uh, to correct those issues in terms of getting answers. You know, I was supposed to have you know on, but uh, there was a miscommunication. He said he had some new developments with the MBTA district, and we'll uh, maybe um, get him on tomorrow or Thursday uh, to talk about that. But I am also working on getting transportation from Massachusetts. Someone from transportation from Massachusetts on to talk about this. Uh, they are a transportation advocacy organization. They work with a lot of um, local business communities. They were originally the executive director was Chris Dempsey, who you might have heard yesterday. Chris Dempsey was it was the assistant secretary of transportation under Deval Patrick, and uh, he's a state auditor candidate. And prior, uh, and then he was. Uh, you know, chair of the No Boston Olympics campaign, and the now he was chair of uh, transportation for Massachusetts. He was the executive director, and you know he talked a little bit about it uh, about how this is a, you know, the that South Coast Rail will be an economic boon to the region, um, but he's obviously not there anymore because he's running for auditor. You can't really sit. And a job like that and run for state office. So he's not there anymore. He's running for auditor. The other executive director, uh, the new executive director, I talked to him today. I wanted to get him on today. I wanted to get him on as soon as possible, but he's on vacation uh, till next week. So we're going to get him on sometime next week. And maybe we can work on getting uh, Councilor Abreu or somebody in the city who might have more development on that, um, who might have more word on that uh, sometime later this week. Like maybe... Like I said, tomorrow, Wednesday, or or Thursday. Um, but 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live. And- Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. If you want to join me tonight, we've been talking about... It's open phone lines. We can talk about whatever you want. But we were talking about the MBTA district vote that's going to be on the ballot this November. Uh, basically, it looks like everything's in place for South Coast Rail. If you live you know, over by Wamsutta Mills, you can see the... You can see the one of the terminals basically being built. Um, the stations are being built. The tracks are laid. Uh, it's all ready to go uh, in 2023. I think in spring of 2023. I'm not entirely sure. I think in spring of 2023, it's supposed to be ready to go. I actually have a sizable bet that I made back in 2017 with a friend that it wouldn't uh, I bet that it would come before it was back in 2017. So I bet that it would come by 2027. Uh, my friend bet that it would not come by 2027. It looks like it looked like I was well on my way. Right? We had every all the uh, all the funding was approved. The tracks were laid. I remember when Charlie Baker came down 
And uh, I think it was in Freetown. Charlie Baker came down, and I remember all the state delegation was there, and they did the pitchfork thing or the, the shovel thing. They all wore their hats, and they d- dug the dirt and threw it, right? And it looked like we were on track. It looked like we were, okay, we're ready to go. South Coast Rail's coming. We're going to get the train to Boston. It's going to be great. You know, I do not like driving to Boston. Again, I, I commuted for two weeks to do a training uh, for public, uh, for the court-appointed attorneys. I also did have an office in Boston that was part of the Justice Bridge program when I first started practicing. I was part of the Justice Bridge program, which is a legal incubator for uh, solo law practices the, to, you know, get clientele, uh, get some, uh, get clientele, have some resources and all of that, grow your practice. And I was eventually, you know, graduated from that program more or less. But back then we did have an office in Boston up in the up on Franklin Street downtown. Uh, it's still there, and there's still attorneys that are pro- close to the Boston area that go there, but I used to once in a while have a client in Boston, and so I used to drive up there, and it was terrible. Uh, it was like 40, you know, it was like once you get up there, because there was no, like, uh, you didn't have a parking garage or anything. Once you got up there, and Justice Bridge is a great program, and it's amazing that I had a Boston office to begin with, right, um, that they were able to provide you with an office in Boston that you could go to. But um, once you get there, it was like 40 bucks just to park for the day, right? At least 40 bucks just to park for the day. Um, you know, you got you to gotta budget at least a couple hours into your commute unless you're leaving maybe a little later in the day and then your day's starting a little later, right? Um, and you have to sort of navigate all of the, the perilous, the absolutely perilous um, street infrastructure of Boston, it's got to be, it's got to be the, I think it is actually the worst, right? The traffic congestion, actually, Boston is the most congested, uh, the wor- I think the worst traffic congestion in the entire country. Commuters lose about, last I checked, was about 2,900 per year in in traffic congestion that's the bottlenecking basically like from here going from 24 up to 93 the bottlenecking that happens there causes traffic congestion it's not really good for the environment either obviously um having all those cars just sit there in transit um putting fumes up into the air but uh and um i believe boston loses nine billion in commerce a year to traffic congestion. Actually, the the life sciences industry, the life sciences industry that's growing, like you know, Boston is basically the epicenter for for life sciences, like one of the world hubs for life sciences. Right, Moderna's up there, and they're growing at a rate. I think they're going to grow another thirty five percent in the next ten years. And what they're saying is the street infrastructure in Boston right now cannot support the growth of the life sciences industry. So when you get up there, you have to deal with the perilous infrastructure of Boston. I remember when I was, I've been to a few other major metro areas who hasn't, right? And like Houston, for example, uh, Houston's, you know, it's got some traffic issues like anywhere else, but they're, they're they're, they're, their traffic infrastructure is significantly better than ours. It's significantly better than Boston's, 
you got the the loop that goes all the way around, right? It's four lanes of highways. Four lanes of highway, too. Four five lanes, maybe. Five lanes of highway. The loop that goes all the way around the uh, that goes all the way around the city. It's a lot I, for me. It was a lot easier to get around. I drove around uh, with my friends uh, than it is in Boston. Boston, I think it's an older city, uh, but it's not built on a grid. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. I'm just uh, out here trying to fix some screens, window screens. Have you <laughs> ever done that? No. Uh, no, I haven't fixed. I think I've put screens in um, before, but I don't, I don't think I've fixed any screens. Oh yeah, it's well, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that if you use the material like the fiberglass stuff, it goes pretty easy. But I decided that I was going to be smart and get the uh, aluminum screen mesh. You know, the, it lasts a lot longer for pets. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, the problem is, it's not as flexible as the fiberglass mesh stuff is. So. All right. Yeah. Should I worry about I you know I have you know I have my cat. Should I worry should I get a more pet friendly screening? You know they have some that I what I didn't like about it was that it was so thick that it's hard to see through. Oh okay. The one that at least the one that I saw. Yeah. You know it was it was for pet stuff but yeah, if you've got any screens while I'm uh, while I'm set up to do it, let me know. Okay. You know? <laughs> I don't want to offer this to the whole public but <laughs> I, Appreciate I can that. handle one or two. Of course. So what's on the big topic for tonight? Well, we were just talking about the uh, MBTA district, the possibility of South Coast Rail. I j- just went off a little bit on the bo- on Boston's terrible infrastructure and how um, Boston, the Boston major metro area, area, I believe, has the worst uh, traffic congestion in the entire country, and it costs, oh, yeah, I, I think, that. a few billion dollars in commerce. I think it's nine billion in commerce. I'll have to check. I think it's about nine billion in, in yeah in commerce uh, a year, and um, I think it costs each commuter to Boston something like three grand uh, each per year um, in, in lost wages because of the uh, the commute. You know, the the gasoline yeah. it takes and all of that. You know what's always amazed me is when you look at a big city, I mean, like New York. I've only been to New York a few times, but it was it was for work with a company that we were, we were at, like, a block away from uh, Macy's Department Store. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't remember the number, 34th Avenue, 34th Street or whatever. Um, but what's amazing is how did they plan all that underground stuff prior to building the stuff above? Or did they do it afterwards? You know, it's like you, when the, the trains are all underground and, and all that stuff. Right. But do you think that they planned the stuff, uh, you know, the, the skyscrapers and the high-rise buildings before that? Or do you think they put the skyscrapers in and then dug underneath and did the tunneling or something? Because how would you know unless you had a whole city layout and nothing, not everything was built at the same time? Right. And you know, being in the construction trades, it, it just amazes me that they pulled that stuff off and were able to build such huge buildings back then. Yeah. No, I, you know, seems like it'd be a little bit easier, but how did they do it? You know, right. It's funny. Yeah. Cause they, they were able to build all that. And then, you know, Boston's made in a way in which you could tell there was things they couldn't build around. And so, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a work with your hands guy. So it's, it's <laughs> difficult for me to have a, a, a really solid opinion on it. Yeah. I just find it amazing that, that, you know, when cities like that are, are put together it's like how, how did they design that and plan it all out to to work or do they just right. kind of 
you know, go as they go and just see what happens. You know, I mean, there's definitely urban planning and city planning on all of that. And, and yeah. you know, like you can tell, like New York's built on a grid, right? That was done a long time right. ago. People had a plan, set plan when building a lot of developments and all that. But um, I think in some places, some places have probably done had a lot more foresight than, than others uh, with that. Yeah, and I'm sure. Sure, I'm sure maybe what they probably did was, you know, copy other cities, you know, older, yeah. older cities from wherever, whatever country. Yeah, probably brought, brought people over from them places to uh, to help design and, and put it together. But oh yeah, no, they definitely did that. Yeah, for it's sure. Something that's always amazed me. I mm-hmm. don't know. Sometimes when you think about odd stuff like that, it just kind of gets you on a roll. And yeah, I'm curious to know if anybody knows any more about designing stuff like that. But, oh yeah, I'd be curious for that too. If they do, they can yeah. call in for sure. So you, yeah, so you think that you think this train thing is going to go through? I think it is. Sure. I, I'm like, I'm. I think it's more likely than not going to go through. I think if this were like, so here's the thing. I think what helps is like you've got, it's a general, it's a, uh, it's a statewide general. It's going to be on the ballot for a state during a statewide general election where a lot of people are going to be voting. It's going to be, you know, a lot of people are going to be going in to vote for, they're going to be going in thinking, you know, voting for governor basically. And then that's just going to be in the ballot. Right, should it be an MBTA district? And and I think it's going to, I think there's going to be more people that say yes than no. Um, I think if it were like a special election, like on this just particular day, you get to vote on this. I think it might be a bigger problem. Yeah, it'd probably be less of a turnout that way. But yeah. do you think other are other communities other than New Bedford and the surrounding getting that on the ballot, or do you think it's statewide like that? Would, yeah, so, would that question be on it? So that's the thing. I don't yeah. know. It's like we should, you know, Fairhaven should have a vote on this. I think we should have a vote on this as well. I don't think it I should think be so. left to the to the whims of the New Bedford voters. I think every town should at least have a, a say in this. That's why I think I if agree. there's going to be, if New Bedford's going to say no, there's going to be a suit. I think it should be the community, like the entire community, New Bedford, Fairhaven, you know, let's say yeah. Freetown, Dartmouth, um, that it's going to impact uh, a cushionet. They get to vote on whether or not this becomes a thing, and yeah. the total of that vote is what the vote is. I think that's what it should be because we're all going to be directly impacted by this, not just New Bedford. I agree. I yeah. agree. I don't, I don't think it should just be the city, but I have to wonder. You know, if, if people in the city are thinking, you know, I, there's two ways to think, and we've already talked about that. But you know, people thinking that they're Property taxes and everything's going to go up because of this. Yeah, you know their values will, but that could that could be helpful and it could be hurtful depending. Well, on that's the, the rent thing. If you if you own a home, uh, if you own a if you if you do own a home and it's like around that area of the train, you're going to make you you stand to make a lot of money. I think by selling. Uh, there's sure. a lot of people in South Boston, for example, with all the development that's gone on there that have that have made a lot of money uh, with their homes um, sure. because that neighborhood's changed overnight. Right. So I think it is actually an opportunity for upward mobility for a lot of people that do own homes, at least in the direct area of the uh, of the trains. I think, it, you know, I think I would probably use it on occasion. I, but then again, I've never really hung out in Boston because it was always so much of a headache to go there. But, you know, it would be nice to be able to go jump on a train and go spend an hour and a half even just kicking back, looking around with some couples and then, you know, actually go out to dinner or something and, and make a night of it. You know? I, I totally agree. I would probably do it a lot more if there were a train sure. because I hate driving up there. I was up there for, um, I was up there for a uh, fundraiser 
a few months ago and just driving up there and just trying to get into a parking space was such an mm-hmm. incredible pain and then that parking space was you know a, just too, a really far walk it was also raining that day that also sucked too but um but, yeah it didn't help but but I, I just the, the entire experience of going there and getting in, you know, going, getting in traffic there and back and, you know, having to drive through that city and how terrible it is to drive through the city. I think I would probably enjoy it more and, and, and definitely go check out some museums or, you know, like you said, go to dinner somewhere nice if it were if it were here. For sure. Right. And I mean, you know, on, in the back of your mind is always that, you know, you don't you're kind of leery about having an alcoholic beverage or something and, and really relaxing yeah. because you don't have to drive home for an, you know, yes. in another for another hour and a half or so. Exactly. I anyway, agree. I hope I I hope I enlightened our friends to call in. I want to hear some voices. I want to hear some call-ins. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to take this break. Right. Hopefully we'll get some calls after. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right, thanks. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be back. This is a South Coast Night with Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. 1420 WBS statistics that uh, I was trying to remember from a column that I wrote back uh, a couple years ago. Um, that's the data. It's not. I don't think it's old enough to say that it's dated, right? Uh, Boston metro area stands out above the rest in terms of traffic congestion. Annual four billion, four point one billion loss per year in Boston's economy, and twenty nine, uh, twenty nine hundred per driver. So. And the biotech industry experienced a 35% growth over the last decade, and they said that growth isn't sustainable with the current state of mass uh, of of Boston's transportation, right? So there's got to be more routes into Boston, such as South Coast Rail, that's going to work to alleviate the greater traffic congestion problem. There's also talk of the East-West Rail that's going to happen. I believe funding was secured in that in the um, in the last. Uh, in the last state budget, I know that's something I saw more Healy campaigning on for governor. Um, and it's uh, the, according to the American Public Transportation Association. So, yeah, we know the, the MBTA has got to be fixed, too. And they, according to the American Tr- uh, Public Transportation Association, the failure to bring the MBTA to a state of good repair is costing the Boston metro area over $9 billion in lost wages an- annually. Because right now the system's carrying more passengers than it can basically than it than it can handle. So the failure to bring the MBTA this was back in 2019, but I can't imagine that that has changed that much um, because the situation the circumstances haven't changed that much. So the failure for the uh, the failure to bring the MBTA into a state of good repair, the neglect of the MBTA has cost uh, nine billion in wages annually, and Boston has the highest traffic congestion in the country. 2900 per driver, 4.1 billion uh per year loss of their economy. They can't sustain the growth of their economy. So projects like South Coast Rail again helps us, helps that, helps Boston. I think helps the entire southeastern region. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So yeah, those are the numbers, you know. Um, so there needs to be, you know, all that bottlenecking that's going on in Boston. Uh, there needs to be some like uh, release valves, basically, to try to alleviate that pressure. And South Coast Rail is going to be one of those things. And I think it's going to be a benefit to the region. Again, those are the numbers. 2900 for a commuter and 2900 in uh, lost wages per commuter. 
$9 billion in lost wages uh, for the Boston metro area for failure to bring the MBT to a state of good repair. So obviously there needs to, along with the, the, the coming of you know new rail services, be an overhaul of the MBT. And I think they're going to work on that. You know, I, I think they're going to work on that, and that's going to improve. And, um, yeah, a $4.1 billion loss to, to Boston's economy, which, of course, affects us. So, overall, I do think it's going to be a good thing. Um, I think expanded rail service is going to really help the interconnectivity between the regions um, of the uh, of the Commonwealth. And so, um, I, I think it's preferable to driving. All right, 508-996-0500. Going to take a break. We'll be right back. The WBSM app chat says, good luck with his reelection during the commercial break. I'm assuming they're talking. he's talking about Tom Quinn because he was the only candidate that played during um, the the uh, that commercial block, and he's up for reelection. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he, uh, he appreciates that. I think. You know, I don't think he needs luck. I think he's pretty much got it. I think that's pretty solidly in his. Um, I think that uh, re-election is pretty solidly in his uh, his grasp. Well, not even in his grasp. He's he's going to get reelected uh, pretty pretty easily, honestly. So good, yeah. But thank you. Oh well, not thank you. I mean, I'm sure he thanks you because uh, I'm not running for DA. So why would I thank you?